welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. Be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns and uh, you can find me at Sage Sindula on TikTok and on Twitter. Hi, my name is Claire and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Claire Kenobi and on Twitter at Corky Kenobi. So today we are going to be talking about the High Republic once again, um, but we're doing sort of just a spoiler-free how and why to get into the High Republic and some of the things that we love about it. So for those of you who have not yet read the High Republic or are looking for sort of more of a reason to get into it, this is the episode for you. We should talk about the reading order for mm, yes. books. That's, there's been some confusion lately uh, <laughs> because if someone's not reading as they're coming out, as things are coming out, it is very difficult to like navigate. Um, so there's a lot of things online. Uh, Wikipedia has an okay like uh, lineup of how they go in what order. Um, our friend Mel uh, at Repulse Potteries made a really awesome chart that shows like everything. Um, you can find them at Melvin Culpa on Twitter. Uh, they'll have that list. Definitely go check that one out. You want to start with Light of the Jedi because that's the first adult novel. The thing about the High Republic is that you don't want to like you can do all of them like you can read all of them but you don't have to um and so if you want to do the adult books only just read light of the jedi and then the rising storm and then the fallen star which is coming out in january but if you want a full list go look at that there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of content uh but yeah you start with light of the jedi which is a, a adult novel it's uh kind of just an introduction to a lot of the characters that you're gonna see um and just an opening to the world it is a very heavy book in terms of like, there's a lot going on um, and you have so many characters. And that was really where I, when I started reading it, I had to take a lot of breaks. Like I restarted the novel twice just because there's so many characters. And by the end of the novel, you have, you pretty much have everything down. Like it's really like the characters are written so well that you're like, okay, I know who's speaking and I know who this is and I know why they're in this part of the story. Um, but starting out, it can very be very intimidating. Um, I highly recommend listening to the audiobook while you do it, while you read it. Um, Mark Thompson does a great job with uh, the voices for the characters. You can tell a lot of them apart easier. Uh, but yeah, it's so it's slightly difficult to like start out because it starts in such like a with a big event that's happening. Um, there's this big hyperspace disaster. The Jedi are trying to save everything. And then that's pretty much act one is very, it's very hype. It's very like, there's a lot of things going on. It's crazy. And then act two, it slows down a lot. Like there's a, there's a lot going on kind of politically. Um, you get introduced to the villains um, and it, it does get a little slower. I didn't really mind it. I just thought it was very like different you know, you kind of feel almost like you're reading two different books, um, going like transitioning between the two parts. Um, but yeah, you just like those first few chapters of part two, you're kind of like, okay, this is very different than what I just read. And now I'm getting introduced to even more characters. And these are the antagonists. 
And then by the time part three rolls around, it like picks right back up and it's super like crazy again. Um, so yeah, definitely like watch out for that. Be aware that that's how the pacing is. Um, overall, the novel is like really amazing and it's really good. And it's a great introduction to how like large this uh, era of Star Wars is. Yeah, Light of the Jedi is definitely a lot of world building, a lot of introduction to characters. Um, all of that is really well done too. Like my sort of hesitation getting into this era, I guess, was that like, first of all, I'm not going to know any of the characters. So like, will I be invested in it? Because like one, for me, the main thing that I like about Star Wars as a whole is the characters. So I was like, if I don't know any of them, am I going to care? Um, but you immediately like get really attached to all of them. Um, and then the world building itself, like this era, of Star Wars and like this time period is very different from anything that we've seen before. So they do have to really like break it down and explain like what the technology is like, what the political climate is what, like, what the Jedi Order themselves are like. Um, and this book does a really great job of that, but you sort of have to like be aware that you have to get through that. But what's nice is like, like you said, it starts off with a big event. So it's kind of like you're getting the world building as well as action right from the very beginning. So it doesn't like drag along because they're trying to create this world. It's you just start right in the middle of the action. Another thing that kind of surprised me, I guess, because I was like, oh, it's it's the High Republic. Like the Jedi, this is their peak. Like things are just going to be super great. And it's just going to be like Jedi being awesome. And like, it is that. But it's a lot of death in the very first book. Like a lot of characters die in Light of the Jedi. And it's sort of like, it's kind of crazy because you're like, okay, this isn't exactly what I expected, but it, it, it makes it better sort of because you don't feel like, you feel like kind of anything could happen. And like in every book and like every comic, there's some crazy thing that happens. And I'm like, oh my God, I never saw this coming. And like, this is crazy. And it gets you like really invested in the story because you genuinely like don't know what is going to happen next at any point in time, partially just because it takes place so long before um, like all the movies and everything. So like they really have a lot of freedom and like all of these characters, pretty much all these characters are brand new. Like we haven't seen them before. So they can kind of go any direction they want with the characters and like all the authors are also just individually very talented. And so it really just gets you hooked right off the bat and like gets you really invested in these characters but they're not afraid to like kill characters and and hurt you um but that's that's what makes it fun you know <laughs> yeah um yeah for it being the light of the jedi the book is really dark like yeah. it's especially towards the end you know i mean the whole thing like the first chapter is like insane and you read it and you're mm -hmm. like oh my god really was not expecting that um, but yeah, especially towards the end, it gets pretty dark. Uh, just be prepared for that. Um, and also, you know, I will say Charles Soule did write this. He's a very talented author. Um, he writes a lot of comic books. He, he writes a lot of Star Wars comics too. And Light of the Jedi feels like a comic book. Like when I was reading it, the first thing I said, I was talking, I don't even remember what I was talking to. I said to someone, I was like, wow, this book feels like a comic book. You know, you're kind of reading it's it's very action-packed there's a lot of like dialogue there's a lot of things going on so if you like comics and you like how like the structure is of them like how the storytelling goes you'll like this novel for sure um and then going 
next for our next book we have into the dark uh which is dark it's it's pretty crazy um that's a young adult novel it's by claudia gray uh if you read star wars books you know who claudia gray is uh she's very talented the book was really good it was definitely a um it feels a lot different than light of the jedi uh i actually read into the dark before i read light of the jedi uh because i'm weird like that but like just I would definitely read Light of the Jedi before reading Into the Dark. But yeah, it's, it follows Padawan, Wreath Silas, and he is a character that we have never seen in Star Wars. Um, he's just a Jedi Padawan who doesn't want to be in the action. He just wants to sit in the Coruscant library um, and, and read. Uh, and that's a very relatable character. <laughs> so yeah, he's really great. Um, there's a lot of really great characters. They're definitely a character-driven novel where I feel like Light of the Jedi was definitely more of a plot-driven novel. Um, but yeah, if you like character books, books that focus on, you know, the inner workings of characters' minds, you'll like Into the Dark. Yeah, Into the Dark, I think, is probably my favorite High Republic book. Like, I say that questioningly because I don't know they're all so good but I think if I had to pick a favorite that's what I'd say and it really is because of the characters which it's like it's characters that like weren't in Light of the Jedi or like were only briefly mentioned in Light of the Jedi um but they're all really interesting just right off the bat like as soon as I started reading I was like wow I want to know everything about these characters um and it does a really good job of switching between like POVs of different characters which Light of the Jedi also does in all the higher public books really do a lot of like jumping around so you get insight into different characters minds and like it gives you a better view of the world and of the era because you're getting it from different characters perspectives um and so that's one of the things that I like about the higher public as a whole but into the dark did it really well and into the dark also does a nice blend of like flashbacks and then jumping back to present day events in a way that really worked well and just really like it is that group of characters like mesh so well together and have like a very interesting storyline and it also really adds to the world building that we got a lot of in light of the jedi um and then just like it gives more perspective into how like the jedi order works and how like individual jedi view the order and like the relationship of different jedi to the order in a way that i always think that we need more of in star wars and so it was really great to see that in all of the higher public and a lot in light of the jedi but a lot specifically in into the dark yeah, and Into the Dark also um, introduces the, like, I don't want to say secondary, but I feel like that's a better word for it, secondary antagonist to the series. The main the main villain of the series is the Nihil, which is an organization of pretty much space Vikings. Um, they do a lot of raiding. They are ruthless, um, but their leader is this guy. His name is Martian, more known as Mark on Twitter. Uh, anyways, besides the point, that's a that is a um, that's their main protagonist or antagonist throughout the entire thing. And um, but in the young adult novels and in uh, the first half of a lot of the comics, the Drengear is a big problem. They're this like sentient plant species. Um, think Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors but like more scary um that's what you know they are 
they um, are a big threat to the galaxy at this time. Um, and this book introduces them really well. Absolutely terrifying. Nightmare fuel for sure. Yeah, the villains of the High Republic, like both the Nihil and the Drangir, are very interesting. Like for me personally, the villains were a selling point, specifically Martian Rowe, because I had seen a lot of people talking about him and like how good of a villain he is, especially like within Star Wars. Um, and I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. Like I'll definitely check it out. And like people were not lying. He like he and just like the Nile as a whole, and also the Drengear are just like a very like formidable opponent for the Jedi, even though like they are not like we always see the Jedi going up against like Sith Lords and Dark Side Force users. And the villains of this era, at least so far, are not that. Um, and it's really refreshing to see, but it's also like kind of crazy because you're like, wow, these people like don't have the force. So you should you would think that like the Jedi could just easily get rid of them, but it is not that at all. And you see like the intelligence of these villains and like how um just how they're able to like fight the Jedi and fight the Republic despite being basically just a group of marauders. Um and like the individual villains within the Nihil, like we have Lorna D, my beloved, I love her so much. Um, and like Marshawn Rowe um, and the other Tempest Runners and everyone is just like very individually interesting and like a really good match for the Jedi, especially like the Jedi of this time period, like where they start out and where they are now, where we are in the story and where they're going to end up eventually. Um, it's just like, a really good choice for these to be the villains and for like the tactics that they use like everything really works out very well exactly and also the Nihil like the characters that we get to focus on um vary throughout like the different uh books and comics you know in the in the adult books we have Martian and Lorna D the other Tempest Runners Panada and Kasav um those are you know those are the villains of the of the adult books but then you get to the comics and we have um Crix Camarat who's in the High Republic Adventures comics he's part of the Nihil we have oh my god wait that was such a spoiler you know what cut that out that is literally the biggest spoiler (laughs) shoot okay starting over you get these different perspectives of different people who all have their own goals within the Nihil. They all like want something different, but they all have this idea of we are Nihil. We like take what we want when we want it. It's a very, it's a very not fun, but like it's an interesting thing to see. Um, and it plays like a really, as a really good foil for the Jedi and for the Republic because there are moments where Martian Rowe is giving speeches and the whole like crowd of Nihil just be like we are Nihil we are Nihil and then that like the next chapter you'll have the Republic saying like we are all the Republic like we're all together and it shows like unity within the antagonist and within the protagonist and like throughout the series you can see both of those like breaking you can see like different like the um Nihil they are all so selfish and self-centered and want whatever they want. And so that obviously is going to break down this idea that they're all Nihil and they all should work together. And the same kind of goes for the Republic and the Jedi. Like 
not that they're selfish but more the so like each jedi has their own view of the force and a lot of things get kind of lost in translation especially towards the end of wave two um and so you the it's a very uh great dynamic to read about um between the antagonist and the protagonist it's also just like it's fun to see how they took because originally i was like okay the nihil are just like pirates and like their motive is just that they want to get rich and have power and i was like how is that going to be an interesting enough villain to like sustain itself for like multiple books and like multiple waves of story um but they really do and it is because of the individual characters within the Nihil that we see and like their individual motives and like different people at different like levels of power within the Nihil and um just like everyone in the Nihil that we get to like interact with on a deeper deeper level like has a very interesting story like prior to joining the Nihil and like within the sort of power structure that they have going on there um and like this is a little later but like specifically in Tempest Runner when we get to see like Lorna D and how she came to join the Nihil it's very interesting because the Nihil sort of takes on this like like you said like they are unified even though they are the antagonists and like it's a really cool thing to get to really get into like the minds of the villains and not in a way of like justifying their actions but just in a way of like breaking down how they view the world and how they view the republic and like why they are working with the Nihil why they are like hurting and killing people and doing all these terrible things and it's on like a deeper level than just simply trying to like get rich or become more powerful or just like hurt people just to hurt people but like there is more to that within the individual characters of the Nihil yeah I definitely enjoy um seeing how each character views themselves as an individual and as a part of a whole just throughout the entire series and throughout the antagonist and the protagonist everyone has this idea of yeah I'm like myself but I also like am a part of something larger um we get that a lot with the Jedi uh in this era which was refreshing and great um and with the Nihil we also see a lot of it in um the antagonist of the next book in wave one, which is a test of courage. It follows two, um, the antagonists are two Nihil who are just, you know, doing their own little side mission separate from uh, the great disaster, which takes place in light of the Jedi. And then we go on this little side mission with um, Jedi Knight Vernestra Rowe, who is the youngest Jedi Knight that we know of. Um, she became she became knighted at 15. The story takes place when she's 16. Uh, and there's some other characters in there who are really great who are not Jedi. Um, and that is uh, one of my favorite parts about the High Republic is we get to see the, the impact of all of these things that are happening um, in the galaxy through non-Jedi perspectives. Uh, we have Honesty Weff, who is uh, an ambassador for a planet. He's also like 12. Uh, and then we have Avon Staros, who is a genius and she uh, likes to build things. She's also the daughter of a senator. Um, and so we just have these like civilian people who are established characters and who really like contribute to the story and are like in it the like throughout the series you know we're we're getting Avon in wave three um 
probably honesty in wave three as well, uh, hopefully, because I love him to death. But, you know, it's just a, it's, it's great to see characters who are not Jedi and who are not directly involved in conflict and just kind of see how, like, these horrible things that are happening in the galaxy impact them because that's something we just really didn't get in the Clone Wars or in other like media in Star Wars. We don't really see, with the exception of like a few books, obviously, we don't really see just like, wow, there's like war going on and there's like really corrupt politics going on. How is this affecting the like people, the people who are not involved in conflict, who can't really like who aren't powerful, who don't have like power to stop anything. How are these people coping and how are they um, surviving in this climate? Yeah, I agree though. Like focus on non-force users and like non-Jedi in the High Republic is definitely one of the best parts for me, especially because like in the Clone Wars and you know, we always kind of see the, the Jedi sort of seem to be like this higher power, like they're sort of above everything else. And so like things not to say like bad things happening around them don't affect them because they obviously do especially because like they are trained to be such like a selfless group of people that helps people but like the impact that these disasters and these like attacks that are happening in the higher public has on just like the normal everyday citizens of the republic and even like people in the outer rim you know people who are like not really bought into this whole like we are all the republic thing um which is another very interesting thing is like even though the republic and the jedi at this time are like a lot better than they are later on in star wars it's still not like every single person in the galaxy is like in love with the jedi and thinks the republic is great and like there are already flaws that exist when the jedi like the jedi are by no means perfect at this time like they're obviously a lot better but they're not perfect and it's really interesting to see like non-force users who are interacting with Jedi or even just like talking about Jedi, talking about their public, be able to like recognize what those flaws are. And so to be able to say like, I like, I know the Jedi are supposed to be like super great, but honestly, like they don't feel super, like they don't feel like this great, perfect group of people, like everyone makes them out to be. But then we have the flip side. We have people who are like, oh my gosh, I've heard amazing stories about the Jedi. And I've heard that they're like, incredible and can use magic and like are going to save us all like that's one of um the nice things to see too is sort of like how the Jedi of this era really do like bring hope to people like even just from the mere mention of like Jedi or just the appearance of a Jedi to so many people in the galaxy at this time like just makes them feel like oh maybe things are going to be okay because like we actually trust the Jedi it's not just like oh, the Jedi are soldiers and they're like going to fight the separatists like they are in the Clone Wars. It's like the Jedi are going to come and help us. And like, we believe in them. We believe in the Republic. We believe in our chancellor. Um, and like the people in the Republic genuinely do feel like we are all the Republic is this big slogan that they have, but people actually believe it, which is the really interesting thing about it. Um, and just like the way that non-Jedi characters are still willing to like help the republic and like even like lay down their lives for the republic to save people within the republic is something that like we don't see much of later on and it really shows this like deep admiration that people have for the jedi and for the republic yeah and it also i think that um the role of the jedi is very um like 
written a lot into the story you you have to kind of like look for it in the subtext a lot but it's very different than how people perceive the Jedi in the Clone Wars um, because they're not soldiers like there is no there's no army at this point with the within the Republic there's like some but we're really not introduced to them and the the Jedi are not a part of any kind of Republic army and it's great to see the Jedi like really realizing we are not an army. There's a line in Light of the Jedi where Avar Chris, our like main protagonist, is like, we are going to be solving this as you as users of the force and not with our lightsabers. Um, that's something that doesn't happen in the Clone Wars. Uh just, you know, it's like it's very, it's a, it's a good time. It's a good time to be like, yeah, you know, like look at these Jedi, these are keepers of the peace. Like that is what they are. And, you know, this whole series is about how the Jedi went from that to, to where they are at the beginning of the prequel era. Um, super worrisome, you know, cause you have these characters and you really like them and they're throughout the series, you can see the struggles that they are going through and you can see where the Jedi order is really better. And the council is better than it is in the Clone Wars era. Um, and you can see them actually trying to fix things. And then you can also see the cracks. You can also see where it's, where it's starting to, break down um and that is something that is very necessary um especially just for the context of the jedi um as a whole in star wars uh and so that's like a great that's a great thing to see if you're if you're into the jedi and you like the jedi or if you really don't like the jedi this is a great series to read because it really just gets into the nuances of the council, of the politics of the order, and just the order itself, in the individual perspectives of multiple people um, of the order. Yeah, the the looming sort of knowledge that you know how things end for the Jedi in the prequels and like with the Clone Wars and everything is definitely there when you're read like everything that I read. I'm just like, how did we get from here to like Anakin Skywalker? Like, where did things go wrong? Um, and the authors do a really good job of like building up that tension and just like building the tension in general with like, you really don't know what is going to happen to any of these characters and you don't know what like this big event that is that's going to like somehow lead to the downfall of the Jedi. Like you don't actually have any of these details and um, the writers really keep you like invested. Like we're here like little under 20 days until the next novel comes out and like that is the only thing I can think about because I'm so invested in the story because it's so well written and like it really keeps you like like you want to know what happens next like once I had started reading the books I was like speeding through them because I was like I need to know what happens next I need to know like if this character or this character is going to be okay and that's how I feel right now with the things that we're still waiting on coming out and just like you really do care about the characters and it really does like have an impact what happens to them like really does impact you as a reader and more importantly like how what happens to them impacts the other characters of the story like you see a lot of people dealing with grief in the higher public which is interesting to see like the differences of how the higher public jedi and like the clone wars jedi sort of respond to 
people dealing with grief like there's obviously a big difference there but just like it really does like affect you emotionally as a reader to see like all of these people going through such hardships and like so much loss and seeing like getting the intimate details of their grieving process because of like getting chapters from their point of view and even like the point of view of people around them seeing them go through this like it really is a very emotional series and like does make you feel a lot as you're reading it yeah I'm just thinking right now about (laughs) season seven of the Clone Wars where Trace and Rafa are like yeah Jedi told us that our parents literally died because of the force like it's just the will of the force (laughs) and then I'm thinking about like how um in Test of Courage there's a character who is a Jedi and she is talking to another character about their their loss of a loved one and she is just like she's actually doing a great job of you know coaching a young person through the early uh stages of grief um and so yeah that's just a great thing to see in Star Wars um in media in general just like healthy depictions of um, like dealing with grief. Uh, And we, you know, continuing with um, our wave one, we also have comic books. Uh, We have the main comic, um, Marvel comic series, The High Republic. It focuses on Keeve Trennis and Avar Chris. Uh, Keeve starts as a Padawan for the first half of the first issue of the first color of the first issue she's a padawan and then she becomes a knight at the end um and but she still stays very close with her master um whose name is skier he's a trandoshan jedi super awesome super cool uh but yeah it follows them and their relationship and her relationship to avar chris who is our main protagonist of light of the jedi they are defeating the drengir um is their main goal for the first half of the um issues of the comic issues or for the first third i guess um because then it lines up directly with uh, all of the adult novels which um brings us into wave two we have they start off with the rising storm which is by kevin scott uh one of my favorites definitely definitely up there probably the most just like the relationship I have with this book is so intimate. I feel like when I was reading it, I was like, this is some of the best thing, something that I, this is the best thing I've ever read. And it's, and I'm a big reader. Like I love books. I've never felt so just like involved in the story. Like I, like there's parts where you're like, I feel like I'm here. Like, I feel like I'm at the Republic fair. Like and it's just the attention to detail in the novel is insane. You get a lot of um, what we were talking about earlier with a lot of the just like regular people who are just there amidst this like chaotic time in the galaxy. Um, and so that book, you know, we get more characters. We get Stellan Geos, who is I just love that man. Um, and and you will too. Like there's no, I've never ever seen Stellan slander anywhere. Um, and I better not because I was gonna say I would become violent. Like I I I I deeply love that man. Like I would do anything for him. <laughs> if you like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're gonna love Stellan Geos. He is so true. <laughs> um yeah, we he and then 
uh, his his bestie and probably lover, <laughs> Elzar Mann, <laughs> um, is also in The Rising Storm. The Rising Storm, just so perfect for so many reasons, you know, and uh, but it gets crazy. It does get crazy. And it's one of those books where you're kind of like, wow, this is like feels very traumatic. <laughs> like there's like you can feel this like trauma that these characters are going through. Um, and there's a lot to say about, you know, how characters in the High Republic series react to traumatic events versus how characters react to traumatic events in the uh, prequel era. Um, and, you know, you just kind of have to read that for yourself. There's just a lot, there's a lot going on. There. There's a lot of little nuances about the order and about, um, and about grief, just like in the first wave. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's how we start. Um, and it is a wild ride. It is a wild ride to start wave two. Yeah, I have, I have so many feelings about the rising storm. I'm currently rereading it, um, and like annotating it in like preparation for everything. And I'm just like, this is so much, it's still so much, even on like, I don't even know how many times I've read it now, but, um, it's so good. And it's so emotional like I, I don't know how many times I cried the first time I read it even like after I finished it I literally like finished the book and I was just sitting there and I was like what what do I do now like <laughs> how am I supposed to just like go on with my day after reading this um and yeah the characters like we get more of characters that like I already loved from wave one like Bell's out of our my beloved but we get even more of him in the rising storm and it makes you love him even more um we get a lot more of Elzar Man, who's another well I mean like I I love Elzar Man so much but like even like from the beginning in Light of the Jedi I loved him and then like in Rising Storm you really get into his character and we get Stellan um we get to see more of Lena So which is really great yeah so many great characters we get Ty York so many great characters in the Rising Storm so many different like POVs but it's all like this same event that's happening to all of them but it, each character is like experiencing it differently um and it's so crazy like there's so much going on from start to finish that book like it starts right off and like hooks you in and you're like oh my god this is this is looking bad but like you're really invested in it right from the beginning until literally the last page um and literally like it, it's had me in like a chokehold since I first read it of like I need to know what happens and we're getting so close to like finally getting some answers and I'm so excited um but yeah it's just it's insane like I can't even explain it it's just like it's a whole experience to read it honestly like it, it does feel like you're watching a movie especially like because I listen to the audiobook and that really adds to it but like even just reading the book like there's so much going on and so many characters and like they do really get into this like this is how like everyday people are like experiencing the fair and like there's a few little segments about like some kid like asking his parents for like a milkshake and just like little stuff like that that I'm like they just put it in there to make it feel more like a real world and like real people that you're reading out so that when these like tragic events do happen it actually has weight like you recognize that like these are real people that these things are happening to and like even if it's not a character that you knew or like someone that you had gotten to see a lot of before that you still like care about what's happening to them yeah there's a lot of um Ty York you mentioned is a uh non a, a non-Jedi but is a force user uh she used to be a Jedi uh and there is a in in wave two there is a uh 
mini comic series is four issues about her and her past. Um, definitely a time. Um, but you know, she, she, it's a good thing. It's good to see a perspective from um, someone who was a Jedi and has that knowledge of how the order works and left it behind. Um, kind of similar uh, going into Race to Crash Point Tower, which is the uh, younger, younger grade, middle grade book of um, Web Wave 2. It takes place at the exact same time as um, The Rising Storm. We have Zine Mrala in that, in that book. She is, I love her so much. Um, she's a force user who is not a Jedi, but lives with the Jedi. She is, um, a, she's accustomed with their culture and their traditions, um, but she doesn't practice the religion. She's just, she is just there and she's awesome. Yeah, Zine Morala, my beloved. Race to Crash Point in general is just like a really good book. Um, and like, that's a, like the, even the middle grade books, like I'm like, like I get the appeal to like just read the adult books and like I don't think there's anything wrong with that and obviously the adult books are very good but I really do think like it is like a whole different experience if you read like everything like the adult books young adult middle grade um comics just like everything really does tie together and just like the middle grade books themselves are so good like I did not expect them to be as good as they were so I was like okay I'm going to read them but like they are middle grade books I'm sure they'll just be like fun little books but like they did not hold back on like addressing real serious topics because they were for a younger audience like they and like obviously they're not like quite as dark as like the young adult books and definitely not as the adult books but like they're still really good and they still have like very real issues that they're addressing in them and they definitely give you a lot more insight onto like how the order works and like the perspectives of like younger Jedi in the order like younger Padawans and um younger Jedi Knights and like how even just their experience is different from that of like their masters and like the older Jedi Knights. Like going off of kind of what you said about just like the these topics that are covered in the in the middle grade novels are so like something that I'm glad that younger kids are reading. Um, same goes with High Republic Adventures comic stories you know it's it's a great thing to see like I wish that when I was like a child, I could read these and be like, okay, I, it's, it's makes it easier to like process things when you're, you know, growing up and you're reading these characters who are just like you. And, um, but yeah, like in, in Race to Crash Point Tower, we have a character whose home world, whose literal home is being destroyed right in front of him. And he's like 14 and doesn't really know what to do about it. And he's trying his best. And you know, that's something that's very relevant to a lot of cultures and a lot of, you know, things that are even going on just like right now in society. And it's, it's just great to see in a middle, to, this, to see a young, an, a book that's made for younger audiences to do it, to read, um, but also for adults. Like I'm reading this book at 20 and I'm like, this is making me emotional. And I'm feeling like, and I'm relating to characters and, you know, it's, in it's not necessary. And it's not written like it's written for younger people, but I don't feel like I'm reading like a kid's book, you know, they're written very beautifully. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, same thing goes for the young adult novels. Like they're still, despite not being like made for adults, like they're still very good and like don't stray away from addressing serious issues and like Out of the Shadows, which is um, another book in Wave 2, does a really good job of that. Out of the Shadows also does a lot for like what we were talking about earlier of like showing how non-force users um, interact with like Jedi and the Republic and like just the galaxy as a whole at this time. Um, we have Sylvester and Jordana who are like my beloveds. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. The queer rep in Out of the Shadows is so good. Um, are there literally just, any straight characters in Out of the Shadows? No, like literally <laughs> like, they, I just they're can't just name one. <laughs> Read Silas, maybe. <laughs> like, for now. For we'll now. See. Before he meets Bill Zedifar. <laughs> so true. Yeah, Justina Ireland, like, gave us everything with that book. Like, the main character, pretty much, is a lesbian and is, like, so well-written. Like, it's a, a part of her story is, like, her relate like, her relationship. But, like, it doesn't feel like she's just being characterized only by her sexuality. Like she has a whole character outside of that. And it's such good representation. And like all the other representation in this book, like we have Vern, who is Arrow Ace, and she is very good Arrow Ace representation. And just like, it, it all is written so well. And it's a thing that like, I didn't expect out of a Star Wars book to get some of like the best representation that I have seen. Um, and just like the High Republic as a whole has done so much representation within Star Wars. And so I think it's like, it's really, really refreshing to see as a Star Wars fan who I'm like, I love Star Wars, but sometimes I get tired of having to like beg for representation and then not receive it. Or when it is there, it's like poorly done or it's like basically non-existent. In the High Republic, there really is good representation in every book. And like going forward, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more of it. And I trust these authors to do a good job of writing it. Yeah, and there's it's not even just like queer representation too. There are so many characters of color in this book who are just like so well written, not rooted in stereotypes um, and not just like sidelined like some other Star Wars media. Um, and that is something that is so refreshing to see. And it's because the authors know what they're doing and they have lived experiences that they are putting in these books um and it is absolutely just it is all um, a testament to just the writers and how well they um know their characters how well they can their views on the world are ingrained into these books um and you know it's just it's just a great time like the the, the era of the high republic is the most diverse era of star wars um and it's reflective of the world that we live in you know like which is which you cannot say about the first trilogy or the prequel trilogy um it's just you know it's a i'm i'm grateful for these authors um and i just love this era of star wars in general yeah it really it really is just so good like i can sit here and talk about it all day but like I getting into it never expected to be as attached to it as I am now and for it to be like it it really is like my favorite era of Star Wars like hands down like there is no other Star Wars content that I have connected to on this level and like that is not what I expected going into it and so like it just is so good like just go, go read it go read all of it and you will see what we are talking about 
Yeah, and something also that I really like um, about uh, Out of the Shadows, which we talked about briefly just now, um, is like the reactions to trauma that these characters are having. Because by now in the series, there are um, there a lot of stuff has gone down. <laughs> it is it is crazy and a lot of the characters in this young adult novel are children you know the ages range from like 15 to 22 I think it's very it's very real um and especially like this climate that we're living in right now in real life I feel like it's a very um appropriate reaction uh and I feel like a lot of people can relate to a lot of the struggles that these people are going through um and to see like post-traumatic stress disorder represented so well in these books super awesome super awesome it's just like they don't demonize it you know they don't demonize poor reactions to trauma um which is something that cannot be said about the other eras in star wars uh once again so you know it's just these books are just so well written and so great and definitely read them continuing Tempest Runner is in wave two. Tempest Runner, wow. Tempest Runner is an audio drama by Kevin Scott. Um, and I don't think I've ever listened to an audio drama before re- Before Tempest Runner. Man, did I love it. Uh, it focuses on our one of our villains, Lorna D. Um, she, is, she is something else. <laughs> she is so hot and she's bad. Um, and we have an entire episode on Tempest Runner. Um, so once you listen to it, you should definitely go check that out. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a great audio drama. You get a lot of like nuances of villainy and like and a lot of gender stuff, lots of gender stuff in that book, which is really great. Um, and just how, you know, things things that happen to women can lead to can lead to bad things that happen back to men. So yeah, it's just a it's a good time. Love Tempest Runner. Yeah, Tempest Runner does a really good job of, like, characterizing Lorna D as one of the main villains of this era and, like, goes back to what we were saying earlier about how, like, strong the villains of this era are because we get things like Tempest Runner that are, like, the entire purpose of it is to break down the history and, like, the mindset of one villain. And then when you add them to, like, the group of other villains, it just makes it all so much better. Like, and I know we're going to get something similar when we get the Eye of the Storm, um, like two comic miniseries in wave three I'm no we're gonna get like a similar thing with Martian Rowe where we get like his backstory and like how he got to where he is today and like more sort of insight into like how his mind works and again like not from a perspective of like oh he actually like kind of has a point like I it's not gonna be that and like it wasn't that with Tempest Runner it just really is like here is a real character breakdown of these villains And then we put them back in to like the adult novels or the young adult novels or wherever we end up seeing them next. And then now you have like extra context to why they are the way they are and like why they're doing the things that they're doing and like how they got to that place. Yeah, excited for Eye of the Storm. Um, Star Wars and especially this era of Star Wars have made me fall in love with villain stories. Um, Wasn't really before like I got into Star Wars. I was kind of like, eh. But yeah, they're, the villains in this series are just so well written, you know? I'm never like trying to justify any of their actions. Um, I'm never like, oh my God, yeah, like 
Lorna D is so right for killing that person. No, <laughs> not like that. Um, sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, like you didn't have to kill them. Um, but there is some, some degree of, uh, of, I don't believe in the glorification of murder, but I do believe in the empowerment of women, um, in Tempest Jenner, um, and in, in, in Lorna D's actions <laughs> sometimes. That's like uh, the thesis statement of Tempest Runner, I think, right really, there. <laughs> it really is. Uh, Kevin Scott really just blew my mind with that one. Um, yeah, I love Kevin Scott. Uh, anyways, I just think, yeah, this is a good, you know, go if you like villain stories, you're gonna love the High Republic. That's just that's a thesis of this of this episode of the podcast. Yeah, I agree. Which, like, as someone who I'm like, I think that I don't think that like every story needs a fantastic villain to be interesting, but I do think that a villain can make or break a story. And in the case of the High Republic, like the villains definitely make this story. Like it's a good story already with like the Jedi and like all of those characters, but just like the addition of like the Nihil and like specifically Martian and Lorna and um also like the Drengear are a good villain too. Like it really just shapes the story to be even better and like is appealing to people who want to see a good villain and are like that's what they're looking for out of a story like the high republic definitely has that even like the villain in the um like middle grade comics i would say is the high republic adventures comics are uh, aimed towards younger audiences but the villain in that crick's camera <laughs> my enemy I hate, I hate him but he is so well written I just love his character like I like I hate him and every time I see him I'm just want to like commit an act of violence but you know very well written um Daniel Jose Older is just such perfection just such perfection in that uh so yeah it's just like every single piece of media that comes out for the High Republic, there's going to be a fantastically written protagonist and an equally fantastic, um, fantastically written antagonist. Yeah, there are a few, if any, characters that evoke such a like visceral anger that Crix does for me, but like in the best way, you know, like you're in supposed to hate him. Like I'm like I truly, deeply hate you, and I like hate what you are doing to these characters that I love. But just like wow, his story and like his connection to the protagonists of the higher public adventures is so well written he's definitely one of those characters where it's like you love to hate them like you're like I hate you so much but like in a in a good way you know <laughs> if that makes any sense no, exactly love to hate cricks um but yeah in that's another thing too I think with these characters and with um just the higher public series in general you have these characters like cricks is introduced in the High Republic Adventures comics, and he's almost solely in the comics. However, he makes an appearance in Out of the Shadows. Um, and you know, if you didn't read Out of the Shadows, or if you didn't read the High Republic comics, you don't really know who Crix is, um, which is fine. Like you can, like it introduces him as a part of the Nihil and as uh, Martian Rose, interesting son, son figure. I. <laughs> know how to describe who he is to Marciano um kind of his lap dog almost I was like I don't even think Marcian knows he's just his little guy yeah Yeah. 
he's just like, yeah, this is my, this is my little guy. He was just as up as me. So <laughs> I keep yeah. him around. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we get into the scene in which he is introduced in Out of the Shadows is one of my favorite scenes in the entire thing. And it does have spoilers, so I can't talk about it. Highly recommend just reading that scene multiple times. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, so you, it's that kind of thing where all these stories are so interconnected, but you can also read them separately because you don't need to know who Crix is to understand what's happening in Out of the Shadows. And you, you know, reading everything is the way to go. Like you don't, you don't want to miss anything because everything's so good. But if you're like, I don't really have time to read everything, but like, I kind of want to know what's up with this era because I like the other shows in Star Wars and I want to know like some context read the adult novels or read just the young adult novels or like I've lent out my like middle grade novels to younger kids who like I am in like my family friends you know and you can just understand what you're saying like what they're saying like without having all of the context of everything each thing does a very good job of just being separate but being a part of something whole Trail of Shadows um totally a mystery mystery series follows two um detectives one is a jedi and one is not they're super hot and i love them yeah trail of shadows just like has a really nice like vibe to it i guess and it's like very different from everything else sort of in the higher public it like it really is this sort of like crime solving duo kind of vibe that they have going on and it's like nice to sort of especially when you're like at the point where we are now where we're getting pretty much weekly a new comic um, it's just sort of like a nice like contrast to some of the other stuff that's coming out. Yeah, and it also ties in a lot of things. Like there's some things that like happen in the rising storm and you're kind of like, hmm, wonder what that's about. Um, and then it, it does get, what I'm hoping is going to get completely solved by the end of this uh, comic series. I think there's only five issues. Uh, super excited for the next three <laughs> super excited for the next one issue actually. yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> since uh, the yeah. preview itself was enough to like knock me out for a whole day yeah Can't wait for the full issue <laughs> you know, that's something actually we should we should mention the fandom for the high republic is the best fandom that i'm a part of like it is yeah. so 100 there's no toxicity it's just so great and everyone like like there's always gonna be someone who's kind of like has a bad opinion and whatever and you're kind of like oh that was a little weird but you know it's for the most part everyone is just having a good time and also crying like it's like <laughs> and every time something new comes out higher public twitter my entire timeline is just insane it's just and the and the best part about um the fandom is the authors they contribute so much. I we interact with authors of the series on a daily basis. Like it's it's just a you know con a constant interaction. Um, and they hype up the series, and they also love what the fans are saying, and they you know respond, and they're like, "Thank you for liking it," or you know, it's just, it's just a good time. And they're all so positive. Um, and you can tell that they just love Star Wars and they just love fans. Um, and so, yeah, definitely read the High Republic series and get on High Republic Twitter because it is yeah. a party every single day. 
Um, my entire timeline for the yesterday and the day before yesterday when the Trail of Shadows uh, preview dropped, insanity, absolute insanity, just all day. I have never <laughs> seen people like losing their minds more than I I've, did on Twitter it, yesterday. And yeah. like the authors just feeding into it. It was, mm-hmm. it was really a great time. Like I, <laughs> everyone just, I just love when like things like that happen. And right. everyone simultaneously goes insane and like I know when like Fallen Star and like Midnight Horizon and all the comics and like books in Wave 3 come out it's gonna be so crazy but like in the best way everyone's just gonna be having like a simultaneous breakdown. Yeah all of all of us um all of us Fallen Higher Public Twitter do like to live tweet our reactions to the books that's always a great time um <laughs> I would hate, <laughs> I would hate to be Daniel Jose Older's um, publicist right now, <laughs> simply because like, I can just imagine them like logging onto Twitter one day and being like, why is my New York Times bestselling author tweeting that Stellan Geos is a dill? <laughs> why is he tweeting about polycules? <laughs> why is he tweeting about polycules? Um, that is... Daniel, uh, we love you <laughs> just so much. It's just a so fun, such a fun time. <laughs> I just love this fandom and I love the authors and um, they definitely make this series just so much better. Such a good time. I agree. Yeah, it's like not something that I expected from a part of the Star Wars fandom, which is like the most toxic fandom I have ever been a part of. Um, but then the High Republic fandom is like Star Wars fans, but like. I don't want to be like the cool ones or like the better ones because like that's not necessarily true but like the group itself is just like a really great space specifically like on Twitter like because that's the majority of where like I interact with other High Republic fans and just like everyone is just there to like have a good time and like get excited about these books and these comics and like these stories and these characters and like everyone has like everyone like loves a a lot of different characters but everyone has like their little group of characters that's like their favorite and it's so great seeing like which characters different people connect with and like getting to hear other people's takes and like other people's theories and just like everything going on having like this little community where you can all just kind of freak out about everything together and there's also a lot of like um overlap between chist twitter and high republic twitter and if you know anything about chist twitter you know that it's just insanity like it is just that group of people is just i love them so much and i am on chist twitter and i just the interactions i have with other people who just genuinely love the stories are just so awesome um yeah and then and then you know you do get the the usual like cursed thing um about the High Republic. Um, If you follow this uh, podcast account on Twitter, you would know that me and Claire did have have a little psychological warfare (laughs) going on the other day um, between us. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you know, it's just a fun time. It's it's all in good fun. Um, Unless, you know, we make each other go insane, which is something that happens quite often. Yeah, our conversations about the High Republic, like, literally every week when we record the podcast, even if it's not about the High Republic, we still manage to, like, talk about it for an hour and go crazy over it. And, like, we're constantly messaging each other, like, new theories and just, like, little things that we're thinking about. And, like, 
it hurts sometimes um but it is fun um to just be able to like speculate and have like people who you can talk about these things with Claire and I are also like at like a three-hour time difference so Claire will text me in the morning and I'll like wake up to it yeah and my entire day is just like oh man just thinking about that (laughs) yeah whenever there's new comics and I wake up to like (laughs) just all the different messages like vague messages so that nothing is spoiled and then I'm like great now I get to go read this and it's like nine in the morning (laughs) thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions please feel free to send us questions you can dm them to us on twitter instagram or tiktok In next week's episode, we are doing a breakdown of our theories for wave three of the High Republic, so be sure to listen to that. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode.